So I want to talk a little bit about the value of limitations. But is there a way to talk about the value of limitations without talking about our own personal limitations, the, the limitations of the Reduce Shakespeare Company? Do we have as much time as we want? No, this is going right. to be a, a four-hour podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. Thanks for subscribing, streaming, or downloading and listening to us on your computer or tablet or phone. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 603, Value of Limitations. As one door closes, another one opens. Our hugely successful and incredibly fun four-and-a-half-week run of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged closed yesterday at the Pittsburgh Public Theater, and we all traveled back to our respective homes today, me to Chicago and Reed and Teddy back to the San Francisco Bay Area. But the script for Long Lost Shakes has now been published in America by our longtime publisher, Broadway Play Publishing. And the rights to produce Long Lost Shakes have also been released as well, which means that you too can now produce your own production of William Shakespeare's Long Lost First Play Abridged, except for just a handful of geographical restrictions right now. If you want to stop listening now and check out the script's availability for purchase or licensing, go to broadwayplaypub.com for more information. And be sure to come right back. But publishing the script and honing it for the last four and a half weeks in Pittsburgh made us realize how it's improved in the three years since we started workshopping it and how many of those improvements were the results of limitations imposed on us by producers or, or simply circumstance or our own personal limitations. This occurred to me because we always talk about uh, when we're—I mean, when we're talking about um, um, Shakespeare and his and his poetry um, and his and his plays—is that you know he writes largely iambic pentameter, so that's ten syllables a line, roughly. Um, um, he's not slavish to it, but that's if, if for the plays. And then, like in the sonnet, there's a sonnet. The sonnet's fourteen um, rhyming lines, and there's limit there's uh, the syllabic limitations in that as well. And within those limitations, he's written, obviously, amazing things. We've been doing, performing um, William Shakespeare's Long Lost First Play Abridged for two years now, and we've also recently had to change the script because of various limitations. And I think we've made it better. Isn't that fair to say? Inspire? Yeah, every time we have to make adjustments, mm -hmm. um, Inevitably, some percentage of them turn out to be better than what we used to be doing. The, the one I always think is when we take a show that started in America to England, mm -hmm. we have to anglicize it. Right. Um, and so either make changes or cut things that people don't understand. Right. And then when we come back to America, we go, oh, well, wait a minute, that's actually probably better. It's good to explain it for the Americans as well, and we didn't need that thing that we cut anyway. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, and um, speaking of going to England at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe, time is yeah. so valuable. They won't let you do a whole two-hour show with an intermission. So first yeah. of all, you got to cut the intermission. Yeah. And you probably need to cut between 10 and 20 minutes yeah. um, out of the show because yeah. the shows just go one after the other after the other. Yeah. Um, and it was the same thing when we took this to Edinburgh. We cut some stuff. Most of it we put back, but maybe, I don't know, a third or a quarter we left out. Uh, a third of the quarter of the, of the cuts yeah. we, we, uh, we're, that remained cut. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry, I thought you had something. Um, well, and then, and because the, the first year we went, we three went, and it was an 80-minute production of The Pleasants. The following summer, summer of 2017, um, we had an hour-long slot at the Gilded Balloon. And so I had to go back over and and cut it for the three guys, uh, Matt Pearson, um, James Percy, and Joe Maudsley. And so cutting it down to an hour, I discovered, um, was better than 80 minutes. Because at 80 minutes, there's a lull. We've always found this in our 80-minute shows with no intermission. There's a lull at around about an hour. It's hard to be able to sit through it for that long. Especially at a festival where people are not used to sitting through shows that are that long. Right? Exactly, exactly. And, and it's hot in the room, too, because, yeah. you know, the lights are on and there's audiences in there from about 9 in the morning until yeah. about midnight. It just gets really yeah. stuffy and, and stinky. They're not spaces that are necessarily normally theaters anyway. Right. So, no. yeah, they're all converted whatever. Yeah, we were performing in a gymnasium at the Pleasant. Yeah, that's right. Well, and our shows are designed to have an intermission. So at 80 minutes, it felt wrong. But because our producer, James Seabright, got this hour-long slot at the Gilded Balloon. We cut it to an hour, and I don't think I ever want to go back to Edinburgh again and do anything longer than an hour. I thought it was, I thought it was, because I thought the hour-long version worked like the two-hour-long version worked. It wasn't as rich. It wasn't, you know, because there were, you weren't able to delve into so many of the plot lines and, and some of the more meaningful moments of the thing. It was certainly funny for an hour, but it also just worked as a thing. The 80-minute version, I think, didn't work as a thing. A lot of people said, yeah, it felt kind of long. Well, it, it was long at 80 minutes. Yeah. Well, and then the other thing, um, you know, we, you cut it for an hour in Edinburgh, and then the three of us brought the show to mm -hmm. the new Victory Theater in New York, which mm -hmm. is family-oriented programming, not for kids, but stuff suitable for adults and right. younger people. Yeah. Um, and we did a lot of student matinees every week. We, I guess we did three student matinees, mm -hmm. and those were only an hour long. Our evening performances were right. the full show. Um, and we, so which was one of the reasons we were we were absolutely ready to say yes to the hour-long production of the Gilded Balloon because we went well. We know we have to do it for an hour at the New Victory, eight months. 10 months later, so let's see how it works. And it worked great. Now, we've been through this process with many shows, Teddy, but it, it, this is the first time you've done it with us. I don't know. Maybe it's the first time you've done it with any show you've done. What's it like? Yeah, um, it's it's challenging for sure, uh, you know, because it's picking up. The, it, 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 we do it so much that it gets drilled into our bones, into our muscle memories, and yeah. then, you know, now all of a sudden you're doing an hour-long version in the same week that you're doing the full version. You're doing an hour-long version in the afternoon yeah. and a full version in yeah. the night, so it's, it's, it, you got, I mean, it keeps you on your toes. You got to be ready and thinking about what's coming next. Yeah, the new victory, uh, that's a good point, is especially challenging. Like in Edinburgh, you do a shortened version, but you're going to do that every single day. Yeah. The new victory was unusual that you go from an hour to the full length, hour to the full and then the other thing that happens at the new victory is we got to scrub the show a little bit. You know, right. there's probably a couple dozen references, scatological and sexual, that we yeah. need to clean up and so we're not only going back to the full length version in the evening, but it's not quite the regular full length yeah. version. But if you'll remember, uh, a a lot of the changes we made for the student matinees, uh, a lot of the cuts for cuts for appropriateness, we kept. Mm -hmm. We kept in the two-hour version, and then we kept, and we've we've kept them since that performance. Well, we had to keep them in the two-hour version. Yes. we could do the full length, but of the new victory, it still had to be. Yeah. both those shows had to be appropriate for kids. But this but is what, you're right. We kept some of that. And this is some of this is one of the things I'm talking about. You know, you know, we've we've also kept those cuts when we're performing, for instance, here at the at the Pittsburgh Public Theater, where we could be as. Dirty 
dirty as we wanted to be, but th we made some changes for the new victory that were good changes that helped the script. The, the one I'm the first one I'm thinking of is um, in uh, when Hamlet does his to be or not to be speech, and then you guys uh, Puck and Ariel start messing with Hamlet, and they give him a toupee, and he goes toupee or not toupee, and he gives him a, a cup of Starbucks, and he goes latte or not latte, and then he used and then he hands him a little toy saxophone, and he goes tuba or tu tuba or not tuba. That was a, that is a saxophone, and it went down, it went into Japanese, it went into Spanish, it went a long, long, and went and then it went into Pig Latin, and they made us cut it because he, uh, the Pig Latin was ute ibe or ye atne ute ibe. Utwe is they e they igpe atenle, utwe e they akfe. You couldn't even say akfe. <laughs> you couldn't swear in pig Latin at the new victory. So we had to cut it and we went, well, what's, how should we cut this? And then we finally, well, let's, the, the last big laugh was on tuba or not tuba, that is the saxophone. So for a little while in the new victory, we did tuba or not tuba. But then I think it was you, Reed, who realized, I think doobie, <laughs> doobie as in marijuana cigarette, is funnier. And so now we end on doobie or not doobie. And the other, and so it's just three quick laughs, boom, 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 and we're out. And the other reason I love love that they're not, they're not sh the audience isn't laughing in shock at Ukfe anymore. They're laughing at the joke, but for the story point, the character point is enriched because in that moment, Puck and Ariel are sharing a moment of frivolity, sharing a moment of frivolity, enjoying how much fun they're having together, and then realizing, oh crap, I don't want to be having fun together. Oh, yes. and so I think that. Let their guard down, and then yes. yeah, they have to put it back up. And, they, and so I think, in terms of telling the story of Puck and Ariel's relationship, I think this is a—it's a huge improvement. Yeah, the other one I'm thinking of is uh, Lady M. Uh, you know, is scolding Hamlet for not taking action, um, mm -hmm. and sort of at the peak of that scene, she used to grab him by the crotch. Yes. And the new victor said, "Well, crotch is no good." And so we said, "Well, are nipples acceptable?" These are the kind of conversations you have. <laughs> um, and they said, "Yeah." Yeah, well, try it. So instead of, yeah, sort of, yeah, crushing your crotch, I'm twisting Hamlet's nipples. Um, and that turned out to be really funny. Funnier. I, I got to say, uh, when Dan was here, uh, who also plays your part, Reed, he, he missed the crotch grab. He, you know, that was something that <laughs> I was sad. It was sad for him to let go. So, yeah. It was hard to let go of uh, Chad's crotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that happens. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I agree. I think that it's, it's funny because we had gone back to the crotch and then and then I think we had to do it somewhere else, and the, the nipples, and and I, I just heard, I'm pretty sure the nipples are getting a bit, it's sillier, I guess. Yeah. The crotch looks too real, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, but it was, yeah, it, these were these were sort of great, great things to discover, being forced to make these changes, and then discovering, oh, actually, they help the piece. Well, this teaches you not to get too precious, that there, yes. it can always be improved. Yeah. I'm just this week in Pittsburgh, it wasn't by force of anything. But um, there's a moment where Shakespeare comes on. I don't think I'm giving anything away. And he's yeah. talking about all the plays and what he's going to do. And he mentions time in of Athens. And part of the thing of Long Lost First Play is we, we name check or at least refer to or have a character from all 37 of the plays generally accepted. 39, yeah. Yeah, authored by Shakespeare. Um, and uh, so we need to mention time in of Athens. But we can't find a joke for it. <laughs> and so you've just been trying, you know, we're in the dressing room going, well, what about out, oh, that plays a piece of crap. Or, uh, and finally you just said, well, let's just tell the truth. You know, it's so obscure, nobody knows even enough about it to make a joke about it. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah and it, it, it 
definitely works like gangbusters compared to anything else that we've been able to come up with. Yeah. Well, it's a laugh in the moment because otherwise you're just sitting there going, why did he mention time? Anybody? Met? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nobody knows. Um, the other change that happened was uh, King Lear and the daughters, his three daughters, he is my eldest born, gonorrhea, speak first. Right. And then, yes, then there's uh, Perfidia, who's confused with Chlamydia, and he thinks somebody, one of those names, Syphilis. Right. And then the, the other daughter, for, for quite a while, we were calling genital warts. Ah, <laughs> slays me. I now, love that one. Now, we couldn't, we called Gon, at the new victory, we called Gonorrhea Gonorrhil, um, and we went right, right. to the, the second daughter, but we couldn't say genital warts, so we said, her, the daughter's name is Regan, so I, Lear says, what says our second daughter? Ronald Regan. Yeah. And that was funny. Yeah. Um, and there is some disagreement in the company, but Austin and I feel like Ronald Regan is funnier. Teddy, yeah. this is the truth. Teddy, Mrs. Genital Warts. Hey, I'm a, I'm a big proponent for genital warts. You are hashtag team genital warts. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I agree with both sides. I am also, <laughs> I am also hashtag team genital warts, but uh, there's no denying that yeah. Ronald Regan gets a better laugh. Yeah. You know, so I'm also team get the laugh. Come on, people. When you hear genital warts, laugh at it, and we can add it back in the show. Hi, I'm John Kavalik, artist of the game Munchkin Shakespeare, and I'm a huge geek and a Reduce Shakespeare Company geek, and you are listening to the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? We're taking the summer off, but you can get plenty of incredibly reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, illustrated by the marvelous Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. Also, our fall of 2018 tour dates are now online. We're performing Long Lost Shakes, The Ultimate Christmas Show Abridged, and the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised in Nagadoches and Austin, Texas, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, New Hope, Pennsylvania, Athens, Georgia, Tahlequah, Oklahoma, Pasadena, California, Saginaw, Michigan, Lynchburg, and Harrisonburg, Virginia, Lewisburg, West Virginia, Chickasaw, Oklahoma, Columbia, Missouri, Stowe, Vermont, and Livermore, California, and also in the first half of 2019, We'll be performing the complete works in Wingate, South Carolina, Morristown, New Jersey, Lancaster, California, Idaho Falls, Idaho, Houghton, Michigan, St. John, Minnesota, Reston, Virginia, Appleton, Wisconsin, Lubbock, Texas, Amherst, Massachusetts, Flint, Michigan, River Forest, and Effingham, Illinois, and Norfolk, Virginia. And we'll be giving two performances of William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged in Los Angeles at the Broad Stage in Santa Monica, California. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduce reader our email newsletter. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com and click on the links to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. Now, let me clarify a couple of things. When I said I never wanted to go back to Edinburgh with anything longer than a 60-minute performance, I meant only that if we couldn't do a full-length show with an intermission, I wouldn't want to do a one-act version that's longer than 60 minutes. And another thing we discovered since recording this conversation is that you'll be happy to know that both genital warts and Ronald Regan work as punchlines, but it depends on the audience. For a Shakespeare-savvy audience who knows that Lear's daughter is named Regan, Ronald Regan is very funny. But for an audience that isn't that knowledgeable about Shakespeare, genital warts is funnier. That's our conclusion anyway. As always, your mileage may vary. 
we were talking about the Timon of Athens reference, and, and, and part of that is our own limitations as joke writers. Yes. You know, we, it, it, that was a problem. But, you know, early on, one of the changes we made from the workshop to the our, the, the, our first performance of it at the, at the Folger was an entire section near the end of the show where we had uh, written a, a kind of a classic, um, or a typical, I would say, um, reduced Shakespeare Company audience participation audience participation bit an APB where where Puck Dan Sasky uh, was forced to bring up 10 people 10 or 12 people well 12 yeah he knows because he had 12 rhymes he 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 had he rhymed he kept rhyming as he pulled people out of the audience and sent them up on stage the idea being and it was my idea the idea being um, <clears throat> I thought it would be terribly moving if, if Shakespeare, when he comes out, sees all of his characters standing on stage, and so Puck would bring up 12 people and they'd be wearing the props or the costume bits for each of the characters. Um, well, I was half right. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of work for no payoff because we didn't have anything for the actors to do. They just stood there awkwardly. Yeah. I think the audience members. Yeah, yeah, stand there and be uncomfortable. And, and then and not have any action to do. That was the Right, biggest. nothing to do. Yeah, nothing to do. They didn't look good. They just stood there and looked awkward and it was trouble getting them up and it was time consuming getting them off and 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 um, it was funny our uh, I mean many people said yeah I'm not sure that works but our friend Peter Holland the 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 head of the International Shakespeare Association and the uh, professor of Shakespeare at University of Notre Dame I told him that story I just thought it was terrible terribly moving he went yeah it's not <laughs> <laughs> well for me it, the whole thing really had a great payoff because when we three learned the show after the workshop we cut that almost immediately and then the payoff was great when we told Dan Sask who'd had to learn this thing and do it every night for months and he said you what you yeah. what he's still pissed about it and you know what it's even more moving now for Shakespeare to come out and see the audience and say all those lines about oh brave new world that has such people in to the audience he's seeing people coming to see his work and that's that's moving in its own way and now he just has a long great monologue that we kept all the jokes and we added some poignant stuff and uh and and it's lovely because we fixed it i gotta say though that is when the time of athens joke did work Really? Yeah, you're, you're terrible. Get out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was the one thing that worked. Yeah. We had a guy, Timon of Athens, yeah. on stage, and Austin, yeah, Shakespeare insults him. Timon of Athens, you're terrible. Get out. Get out, yeah. 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 That, that was, yeah. That that was, was my friend who saw the show. That was one of his favorite lines, actually, because of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, we kept, we kept, we did keep trying to get it, to make a, a, get a Timon of Pumbaa joke happening, but... Well, these are the sacrifices we make. You know, for the greater good, time out of Athens had to be uh, reconsidered. Yeah. Well, gosh, speaking of limitations, I guess we're out of time. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. If you're interested in buying the script for William Shakespeare's long-lost first play abridged or licensing it for production, go to broadwayplaypub.com for more information. Then send us your limitations to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also engage with us and other fans on Facebook or Twitter. You can find easy links to all these social networks at our website, reducedshakespeare.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Austin Titchener, and the RSC is now on Instagram, too, at reducedshakespeare.com. Company. Thanks as always to Limitless Matthew Croak, Web Services by Ginger Power Limited, Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Tess Ammerman. No reason, it's just random. 
Special thanks to John Kovalik, artist of Munchkin Shakespeare and creator of the comic Dork Tower. I interviewed John back in Madison, Wisconsin, way back in March, and I promise to post that interview very soon. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 603, 1806ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. This podcast is a production of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.